Everybody, 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 drop your box. Hi, welcome back to Drop Your Buffs. I'm Sean Ross. I am Evan Rosskatz. Evan, it's been a long time since we've chatted on this podcast. To quote Britney Spears, it's been a while. Yeah, you've got a lot going on. Do you have anything you want to plug? <laughs> <laughs> Do I have anything I want to plug? Uh, I would say I want to plug uh, episode three of Shut Up Evan featuring Sarah Paulson with special guests Mandy Moore Carol Radziwill, Dorinda Medley, and Sarah Michelle Geller. Wait, we've never talked about episode one of season three of Shut Up Evan, oh, where you talked well. to Jennifer Coolidge about Survivor. Oh, yeah, I did indeed. And you know what's funny for for um, people listening? There's So there's a lost interview that Sean is aware of, the original interview with Jennifer Coolidge, which will never um, <laughs> see the light of day, in which we talked about Survivor as well. So it's actually funny because doing the second interview... I had I already knew about what she had told me, which was that she and Mike White hosted a party um, featuring some of the cast of season 37 at her home in New Orleans. I'd already learned about that during the first interview, so I tried to get more out of it during the second interview. But basically what I ascertained is basically Mike White, Jennifer Coolidge, and the cast of season 37 just got really drunk at Jennifer Coolidge's mansion in New Orleans, which is pretty cool. It's wild. And she's not a big fan, right? Not, she's not. not. Of the she's think, a fan um, of the cast, but she's not a fan of the show. Yeah, I would be curious for her to watch early seasons more. Her reasoning for not being so into the show is around the, you know, the confusing nature of it. And I always imagine, like, if you are someone that comes into this show in the 30s and doesn't know a version of the show without all the twists and turns... Um, I imagine it would be really overwhelming because for for a lot of us, most of us listening who have watched the show for a long time, we've like seen things develop. And uh, so, you know, things like the Immunity Idol, we've seen so many permutations that the complexities of it all now, for instance, like she's watching and, and meeting the Idol nullifier as just mm -hmm. like a regular part of gameplay where for us, I think there's been what? maybe like two seasons with the Idol Nullifier. Mm -hmm. I don't even know. But like, it's very abstract to someone like, like us. But for her, that is the normal gameplay. So I understand the fact that I think this is a hard show to find your way into in its present state. Yeah. But it's also interesting because so many people started watching Survivor through David vs. Goliath. Like a lot of new fans came to the show through that season for whatever reason. Right, right, right. But not Jennifer. Not Jennifer. Um, I wish I could say that I'm confident she's gonna try it. Like she'll give it another go now, but I, I don't I don't think that's the <laughs> I case. didn't get the sense, yeah. Yeah. But I yeah. did like learning about the fact that like I mean, I knew her and Mike White were friends, but I really think it's neat that they're such opposites. I mean, she kind of you know, she portrayed Mike to be the person I think we all know him to be having watched David versus Goliath, like kind of just like an adventure oriented person. And she is very uh what's the words um life uh gives her she's uh uh not fearful is the wrong word but like reticent 
right? Maybe, mm. maybe through lived experiences that have made her such. But anyway, it's interesting to see the two of them come together and sort of form this unique bond. But I asked if she would ever do the amazing race with him and she says no, but I think that could be a fun, I don't see her doing Survivor, but I could see Mike convincing her to go on the amazing race. And that would just Could be, you imagine? Oh my God. She would wow. never do it because she would not be comfortable with people seeing, like she would never do anything that has cameras on her regularly without her being able to sort of like control people's yes. perceptions. Yes, yes. But okay. thank you for allowing for the plug. Yeah. And wait, Everybody one other, like, episode. just a, a, a quick mm-hmm. little tease. Uh, please, listeners, if you're listening to Shut Up Evan, please stay tuned to episode five of Shut Up Evan with a very, 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 very special guest. Okay, let's move on to Survivor. Okay, let's get to the task at hand today. Yes. We're doing something fun that we've been teasing for a while, which is basically a fantasy draft. Is that what you call it? <laughs> I was looking this up. Yeah, it's like fantasy. a football term, right? Fantasy draft. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fantasy draft casting of Second Chance 2. I always call it Second Chances, but it's Second Chance. Second Chance oh, 2. Oh, hmm So what we've done, basically the parameters are the same as Second Chance 1, which is that we're looking for people who have never won and only played once to come back and play again. Um, we, yeah. Sorry, wait, they've never won. That's a mandate? Yeah. Oh, why? <laughs> Wait, but why? Because it's your second chance. You've no, you, because you didn't. You came uh, up short the first time. Okay, I'm adjusting my list in real time. <laughs> no problem. No problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a parameter for the original second chance vote. Got it. You know, we'll see how this goes because we don't know who each other picked. This could be like a little messy. We've got backups ready to go, but I think it's going to work out. Like, I think that. I think I, f- I feel like I put together a pretty decent half a cast. I'm happy with my list. I think one thing that I struggle with when doing this sort of casting is that there are certain people who have technically been back twice, um, but who really feel deserving of like a proper second chance. Um, like Eliza Orleans is someone, for instance, that comes to mind as like technically a two time player, but like I feel like there's, I mean, so I guess it's like part of me is like I would love to see. A third chances or something, um, yeah. just because there are some players. Yeah, that I, I mean, like, Eliza made the jury her second time out. Like, it's not like she was voted out first. Yeah, I more mean in terms of like there have been certain players that have come back a second time and been able to play a very different game. And I feel like Eliza really, mm-hmm. yes, she got to the jury, but wasn't really able to play. I feel like the perception of her from her first season actually. So uh, yeah, you're right. She got a fair second shake of it um but like kathy comes to mind is like i always forget the fact that kathy uh, is a two-time player because of course she would be on this list otherwise and there were a couple people early on where i was like "Mm, yeah like they played in all-stars for instance even though you know i don't consider them an all-star yeah like a jenna maraska like that doesn't that is a great example yes i was like wow she she would not qualify also she's a winner so i'm learning in real time she would not qualify Mm -hmm. either i have three winners on my list i'm still gonna share them (laughs) no but 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 no it's okay but i'm gonna share them as like just bonus moments sure i love that oh wow (laughs) three winners (laughs) like who are they Okay. Uh, well, okay. Let's get right into it then. We can, we'll go back and forth with our picks um, and see how this shakes out. I have to say, I'm a little nervous because I specifically 
tried to avoid some obvious picks. Uh, I was going to let Evan have them. And now I'm worried that Evan has also avoided those picks. So uh, yeah, well, we might have to adjust these at the end. We might, but I did put, I mean, I there's a couple of, I put some obvious ones. Yeah. Okay. Well, should I get us kicked off? Please. Let's start with a man. Because, uh, you know, men never get enough credit on this show. It's true. <laughs> okay. So I am starting with Sean Rector from Survivor Marquesas, who... Of course, like played with Boston Rob and Vesepia, swapped tribes with them. Uh, he managed to survive quite a bit on Marquesas. His relationship with Vesepia was kind of like a defining aspect of that season where uh, very early in Survivor's history, they were talking about race and their per- the perception of being black uh, on Survivor and in society. He also was a major part of one of the first big power shifts where they were able to convince Kathy, Nalia, and Pascal to flip on the Row 24 alliance, which uh, eventually sent John Carroll home and then all of the rest of the Row 24 one after another. So I think he did, had a great showing. I mean, he was like kind of the narrator of that season. I know like Boston Rob is the the person who has come back the most from that season and has become the big breakout star. But Sean, if you watch that, really was the narrator of that season. He's charismatic. He's interesting. He's a good game player. And he was supposed to be on All-Stars to the point where he had his bags packed. Uh, It was like the day to fly out and they ghosted him. They never called him to say, I'm sorry, you didn't make it. He was waiting for a car to come pick him up and it never came. And so that's just fucked up. And I think he, like, I've listened to some interviews with him. I've read some interviews with him. And I think he was, like, very hurt about that. But he's still a Survivor fan, wants to come back. So I think, like, it would be great for Sean to come back. I don't think there's any, like, um, aspect of Survivor conversations that, like, gets me as enraged as, like, so-and-so person was about to come back and then didn't. Because... Mm -hmm. Most often, it's someone I would have really wanted to come back, like Sean. Mm-hmm. Them ghosting him aside, that's its own messiness. But it's just like, I would have, it's just so annoying to think how many possibilities are out there around, amongst returning players that we just never got. And and so often, you look at a returning player cast, and you see so many people that you put a big, giant question mark on them, and think about mm-hmm. who was axed in favor of potentially this the person that did make it. Yeah. Totally aligned with you. I, one thing I'll add to the Sean of it all, I think Sean would probably be, I'm racking my brain, and I think he would be the first example of the show being able to like give an arc of personal growth to a character. Uh, mm-hmm. Not a character, to a contestant, but you know, they are somewhat characters, we, you know, for, for, the, for mm-hmm. the audience. But I just really feel like they... Um, because he stuck around for so long and because, as you said, he really was the narrator for this season, the person, the Sean that came into the game at the start of it and the Sean that exited the game are certainly not the same people. And those are some of my favorite um, characters on Survivor is just watching the way that either because of the people they meet on the island or because of surviving on an island for 39 days, they walk away from the experience a different person. Kind of like when we talked to Sophie um, during our interview with her, you really got the impression that like Sophie, there's a lot that Sophie took away about who she mm-hmm. wants to be as a human being from these experiences on Survivor. And I, I feel similarly about Sean where 
you just got a a lot of like uh, character development from him, which uh, made it, it really fun to root for him. Mm-hmm. Okay, my first choice is going to be. I'm going to start with season thirty nine, and Ooh. I am going to go for Vince Mua. I believe that's how you say his last name: M O U A. And I am choosing Vince because he is one of the only queer Asian men that we have had on the show. There have been a couple, but I feel like he, first of all, it's a category we have seen a limited amount of, and I would love more representation for POC queer people in general. I mean, well, POC is underrepresented, queer people is underrepresented. So when you get these sort of these intersections of marginalized identities, it gets fewer and far between on a show like Survivor. But the reason I want to bring Vince back, I don't have like an incredibly strong argument other than the fact that you think of all of the, the random returnees that have come back from time to time. Um, Francesca being like an obvious example. And it's kind of like mm-hmm. Vince is someone who, when I was like going through the list, I was like, I would be curious to see how this person would play the game because I don't feel like they ever got a first chance really. And I feel like when you're compiling a second chances cast, you want a mixture of people who played a huge amount of game and you want to see their possibility of re-strategization. Is that a word? And I think you also want in that mix a couple people who were just early boots who would be fun to kind of see if they got the chance to come back, how they would actually play. So I'm going with Vince. Yeah, that's that's a kind of a surprising pick. First of all, I assumed all your picks were going to be like preseason 10. <laughs> I know you did. That's why I consciously made gave, I gave us a little bit of 30s representation. Yeah, I like that pick a lot Thanks. because Vince was a big character early on in that season and had some really great moments. Like when he uh, he snuck into the other camp yes. to like, steal fire or something, yes. right? Yeah, like that was very exciting. And I was like, oh, good for this little gay. He is gay. Yeah, he's gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. Uh, yeah, good for him. Uh, that yeah, that's a fun one. That's one that I would like very be very curious. Okay, good. I'm going to share a woman that I would like to see back. This is going to come as no surprise to anybody, but I am going with Helen Glover from Thailand. And I have said it once. I've said it twice. I've said it a hundred times. She's an icon. She's a legend. And she was the moment. She really was. She and Jan had this close relationship throughout Thailand. And I just love seeing older, like, quote unquote, older women work together and almost outlast everybody. And she had this, like, really fun. I mean, what I really love about the early seasons is, like, the interpersonal drama. And there was something to the there was a quality to it that was fun it was like people disliked each other but it was really fun to watch it wasn't nasty necessarily and i know it did get nasty sometimes but like her rivalry sort of with clay was iconic because she was the voice of the audience because clay was so unlikable and it was so hard to root for him and and of course like the show knew he was getting to the final two And so to see Helen sort of like voice that opinion for the audience in real time was great. She was also so complex because she brought like this humor and she was just able to get along with people in certain ways that was just like at times fun, at times scary, at times like 
ultra strategic. Like I remember uh, during the family visit, her husband was like, you need to get rid of Brian. Like Brian's <laughs> a big threat in this game. And she was like, I can't, I have a final two deal with Brian. Like I just can't do it. And of course, Brian's going to cut her before the final two, because, you know, Jan tells Brian that she overheard this conversation with Ted and the sand and all that stuff that ultimately leads to what I think is the only final tribal jury speech that rivals Sue Hawk's original. You love that tribal speech. That speech is iconic. It is so good. Her facial expressions, the used car salesman, A2 Brute, uh, like like not even letting Clay speak. It's just so, so good. And she's just such an interesting person. And I think people forget what a big star she was because Thailand was a very unlikable cast. Uh, Jeff Probst has infamously called it the least likable final four in all of Survivor history, which I strongly disagree with because Helen and Jan were likable. Um, but least likable final two, maybe. Sure, I could see that. But I, I pulled this quote from Reddit. I was doing a little research on Helen, and uh, I want to share this from Reddit. Somebody said, I was in the live audience for the Thailand finale, and I can tell you with full assurance that there was one star of Thailand and one star alone, and that player was Helen. The crowd went absolutely crazy for her that night. It always surprised me that they picked Xi'an for All-Stars, considering no one really ever cared about Xi'an. That spot should have been Helen's. She was the poor man's Kathy O'Brien during her prime. Great narrator, great sound bites, a spunky middle-aged underdog. Got shanked at the last minute when the game could have been hers. She's always needed to have a big fan renaissance, and I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I... Totally agree. I also would be <laughs> excited to see Helen playing uh, uh, amongst a cast of more competent players. I feel like the disappointing yeah. thing about Helen is she was forced to be a part of an alliance of all not only like rotten like men, mm -hmm. but like just well, no, that yeah, just rotten men all abound. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like some of Helen, I imagine some of her. She sort of got dragged down, I imagine, in, in terms of people's memories because of uh, things that have nothing to do with her, but rather mm. everything surrounding her, which only goes to show you like how the toxicity of men sort of like permeates beyond just their own mm -hmm. being. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think Helen uh, would be such a shoo-in if it wasn't a matter of out of mind, out of sight. I think she really suffers yeah. from it being a forgotten season. Um, and also it's a season that has remarkably few like memorable players. Cause sometimes you'll look back at certain early seasons that are sort of forgettable. Like Vanuatu is a forgettable season to many, but has a lot of, you know, iconic cast members that came from mm -hmm. it. And with uh, Thailand in particular, there's just like, it's a pretty forgotten bunch. Yeah. Yeah. But I, despite the fact that it's, it's actually one of the most highly viewed seasons of all time. Yeah. And it makes sense. By stats, yeah. which is wild, yeah. but yeah. Okay, I am going to uh, reach into season 29, and I am going to bring back Nadia Anderson. I feel like mm. we obviously did not get to see her gameplay, but she is the sister of a two-time finalist, one-time winner of the show, Natalie Anderson, as we all know, and... Nadia's done the reality television circuit before, both on Survivor and Amazing Race. I feel like she was not given a fair shake at all. Um, it's not quite the same as my first pick in the sense that 
he was there for a few votes, uh, and she really got no time on this show. And more than anything, I'm just like, I don't know her at all, and I'm curious to know her. And I think she is a great example of bringing back that first boot. The thing about Francesca that's never really worked for me is like, Francesca wasn't that, I mean, there just wasn't a lot to Francesca for me mm-hmm. that like warranted her return. And with Nadia, I just, there's something about her that I, I crave knowing more about her. No disrespect to Francesca at all. This is not like, you know, whatever. They bring back who they bring back and it works out on the It end. was a surprising choice. Yeah. Um, but I think Nadia would be a little less surprising being that she yeah. has this connection to the show twofold. One, having been on the show before, obviously, but also just being the sister of not only a survivor player and a winner, but like a really beloved player in the game. Yeah. It also would give the opportunity for Natalie to show up at the family visit if they were to bring the family mm-hmm. visit back. Um and yeah, I just would, I would love to see her play. So she's my pick. Yeah, I actually love this choice. I've been very surprised by your choices so far. Listen. Wow. I did some research. I'm worried mine are a little basic. Okay. They're not, they're not. Mine will get basic shortly. Okay, good. I'm coming so, out the gate strong, here's... but it all sort of, you know, falls off from there. <laughs> okay, so my next choice I'm going with is a little bit more of an obvious choice. John Carroll from Marquesas. So the... Now I have two men from Marquesas, but I think they're important. Of course, the leader of the Row 24 Alliance, which uh, I like I talked about Sean and his allies taking down. I think iconic in Survivor history for having Kathy Vavrico Brian pee on his hand after he sort of like, whatever. Does he urgent sting? No, he just hit. I th- stepped on it, touched it, grabbed it. They, I don't know what he did. I think they do. Do they sting? I don't know. Yeah. He needed to be Either way, on. Kathy peed on his hand. Yeah. So that's the important part. That's the headline. I think, like in any season prior to Marquesas, he was positioned to basically dominate the game until the very end. And then he didn't because for the first time we had this big power shift where a big flip, uh, where many people flipped on their own tribe and sort of like shook things up uh, to the point where, you know, somebody in the minority ended up winning the season. So that was very exciting, but also unfortunate for John, who I think just like strategically was excellent, was like great gay representation at that time. Like I think that they treated him pretty well besides like maybe like Boston Rob's comments. But can that's Boston Rob. That's on Boston Rob. It's on Boston Rob, but like also can I add real quick, like I, I think there's something not good, but important about showing the fact that people are out there with homophobic beliefs. And I think it's Mm -hmm. important to show that. I actually do think it's important to show homophobia and not always have it be a teachable moment because this Mm -hmm. is a reality show and it's meant to be a microcosm of society. And just like there are John Carroll's in the world, there are Boston Robs that have these feelings about gay people having never been exposed to us. And uh, and I so anyway, so all this to say, it's like I appreciate that arc. And I think John was a great representation of a certain kind of gay person that was not often on television. But I also think that like I miss the days of, I'm not saying I miss the days of homophobia, but like I, <laughs> yeah. I miss the idea that like someone can come on the show and espouse uh, those sorts of beliefs and sort of have that, you know, grow out grow out of that hopefully and not to say i don't know if uh-huh. rob's like loves the gays i don't want to tangent too much but just to say that like i i, I yeah. think john's narrative is made sweeter by the fact that 
he's not just like, I'm gay. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Like the Zeke narrative is amazing and we need that. But I think this adds uh, some nice texture. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a snapshot in time. Exactly. You know what I mean? Um, so anyways, I just think like he had a lot of potential to play a great game. I think like strategic, ma- I mean, I don't know, mastermind, but like very strong strategically. I think he was doing very well and it would have been interesting to see him get a little bit further. And I think like this is when I think of second chances, I think like this is somebody I would love to have a second chance at this game. I know he's still a huge fan. Apparently he's best friends with Nalia and they're both super fans. Which (laughs) really surprises me, but uh, okay. So that is my second male pick. First of all, he was on my list. I'm switching him out with somebody in real time. But I think there's no player that you and I are more aligned on in terms of, I mean, maybe there's a few others, but like we just, we both are John Carroll super fans. And also you were mentioning gay representation. He was also important in being hot gay representation um, because Mm -hmm. up until that time, so there were three, or excuse me, four gays that precede John Carroll. Uh, Mitchell was not out at the time. So then we have Richard Hatch and Jeff Varner, which no disrespect, but they're not exactly giving me pain. Jeff Varner wasn't out at the time either. Okay, fair enough. So so that's another one. And then there's Brandon from Africa who was sort of giving more choosing my words uh just a different a different aesthetic uh and i really appreciated <laughs> and i really appreciate <laughs> and i appreciate the hotness of john carroll and i don't want to put masculinity on a pedestal that's really not my intention in saying what i'm about to say but i think it's important in showing the many versions of lgbtq plus that exist that I like the fact that we were able to get someone like John Carroll on the show. So in this hate, in this era of the show, rather, um, and have him sort of deconstruct a lot of people's preconceived notions that gay equals feminine. I want to be really clear here. Gay can equal feminine and feminine is not bad. Let's be very, very clear on that. But I do think it's great that at a time when Will and Grace uh, and characters like Jack were sort of like in the, a lot of people's understanding of what it meant to be gay. I'm glad to have someone like John um, add to that. Okay. I am going to go, uh, I'm going to keep it uh, in the, the, no, let's go older. We'll go older. Keeping it gay, I am going to bring back Rafe Judkins uh, from Mm. season 11, Guatemala. For a lot of you listening, you might know Guatemala is definitely in my top three least favorite seasons of all time. I think it is a horrific season of the show with a horrific, yeah, I don't want to, well, that's a whole, we can get into that another time. But I think Rafe is similar to John Carroll, great representation for gays. I loved how strategic he was. I love that he was able to play a game in which he was able to work through the entire game and come out of it likable and well-liked both by audiences and by his cast. And I think with the ways in which the game has evolved, because for people that remember, season 11 was the introduction of the Hidden Immunity Idol, but it had very different, it was played differently at the time and was just a lot Mm -hmm. less of a, because it was literally brand new, you didn't have people, you know, out on the island really actively looking for the idol. And also there just wasn't a total understanding of what the idol was and what it could do. So I would love to see Rafe sort of come back play an evolved game. And I also just think that the strategic nature of the game, he was not able to really deploy so much strategic acumen because again, like Helen, I feel like he was playing with a lot of 
ineptitude around him. And so I would love to see Rafe amongst a season of more seasoned players to really allow him to elevate his game, which I'm confident he would do. I really think that Rafe really is the precursor to Todd in so many ways and doesn't really get that credit. Mm. So I think Rafe would be really fun to see back. And I also would love the distance between like seeing someone originally on 11 and then back for 40 something. Yeah. And Rafe is the only person that season who voted for Stephanie to win. Wow. And watching Danny's performance on Winners at War, maybe he was on to something. Mm. I don't know if I agree with you because I feel like Stephanie has gone full QAnon. So uh, I know. I think I still I would have stuck with Danny, although I wouldn't be surprised if Danny too uh, has a lot in mind with Stephanie. So <laughs> there's no way to know. There probably is a way to know, but I'm not looking Danny up. Uh, okay. Okay, I am going to talk about a woman here. Let's go with Sharia Lloyd Let's. from Survivor China. Uh, I recently rewatched Survivor China, and I really noticed Sharia as like a clear standout in the cast, like funny, quippy, interesting, not bad at the game. I mean, she wasn't really given the chance to play a whole lot, but like she certainly fought for her life. Uh, she's, I think, like an under the radar choice in 2022. But if you look at, if you try to put yourself back in that golden age, like right after Survivor China aired, uh, I think she's a little bit more of an obvious choice. And like I think sh I think she sort of gets overshadowed by like unfortunately at the time they just weren't casting multiple black players right so like that's just an issue that Survivor had for many 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 years uh, so I think that sh I think in some returning seasons her her place probably gets taken by somebody else by Sari or you know uh, so it's unfortunate because I think she really brought a lot to the show she did I will say suffer from the edit that they give many black people on this show including many that we uh, have talked about and will talk about where they get an edit of being quote-unquote lazy uh she did an interview with entertainment weekly during like their, their quarantine questionnaires where she talked about that quote-unquote lazy edit and and her um response to that and kind of saying like i was literally no different than anybody else out there so that's kind of interesting and i think that's a whole other conversations but she had some really great like interpersonal moments uh like fighting with dave she was trying to save the moldy rice yep. remember Such uh, a ultimately great that led to dave being voted out uh she and frosty had to swap tribes and then she had this great relationship with courtney yates and she was sent home instead of jean robert i think this is one of those times where courtney begged todd and amanda to keep sharia and send jean robert home and they wouldn't do it and that's why sharia went home so i think she was gone far too soon right before the merge and i would love to see her back just because if nothing else she was great television she was a great tv character that i think is just so overlooked and would be great to give a second chance to yeah cosine also she was a part of the uh round table that rob sestronino did featuring black alumni from the show and i really enjoyed hearing from her and it definitely seems like i don't know if she's a super fan but it definitely seems like she was in the know about the the where the show is gone and and mm -hmm. to what you were saying just now it's like for someone who exited the show pre-merge she has a lot of like uh, important moments within the season that are memorable. I mean, was is D Dave's the guy she fought with? 
Yeah. Yeah. Like I love that moment. It's so fun mm-hmm. seeing someone lose their cool at someone who's awful um, because it's like it's the energy is directed correctly, which is really like uh, uh, validating as a viewer to be like, yeah, that guy's awful. Thank you, Sharia, for saying the thing that we at home are all feeling and, and not holding back. So agree. Mm-hmm. So currently we have Sean Rector, Vince Mua, Helen Glover, Nadia Anderson, John Carroll, Rafe Judkins, Sharia Lloyd. Okay, I am diving into the pools of Survivor Millennials versus Gen X, and mm. I am going to bring back Figgy Figueroa. Um, oh. Yeah, who many might remember from her romance on the show with Taylor. Um, Fig Tales was as they were dubbed. And the reason I'm bringing Figgy back, she's not a very well-liked player, that is for sure. I would be really curious for two reasons. One, to see her play a game in which she is not tethered to somebody who I believe really brought her down and did not allow her to figure out her own game. But also, I believe she was like in her early 20s when she was on the show. Yeah, she was born in 1992. She's currently 29. So... She's still in her 20s. Mm-hmm. All this to say, which is just blows my mind sometimes, um, but all this to say that I would be, I would imagine that someone like her would come back on the show, both having watched the show and then also just, you know, growing up as one does with a different perspective on sort of how to interact with others on the show. Cause she was sort of had that mindset of like, I'm the air quotes hot girl and I'm going to align myself with the air quotes hot guy guys plural because there were multiple of them who were aligned and sort of fuck you everybody else and I and it's unfortunately a way to play the game that can be effective sometimes I would love to see her come in and team up with some women or just not sort of go down the like let's unite as hots route um So Figgy is just someone who I feel like had a very specific narrative on the show, one that she crafted. I'm not saying it was hoisted upon her, but I would love to see her come back and play a different game and also have the opportunity. I mean, she kind of got a little bit of a villain at it, and I would love the opportunity to sort of add some complexity to her. Hmm. That's another interesting choice. You're really surprising me today, Evan. Great. Vicky, Vicky, I've noticed is like all over the survivor social media scene. I mean, like, that's a red flag. I swear you pick out, (laughs) you you pick out an Instagram post from any survivor and Figgy's commenting hearts under it. Oh, but she has a private profile. What I'm hearing is she's available. She's available. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I am going to give you my next choice. It's a man. Ken Huang from Gabon, a.k.a. Kenny. Undoubtedly one of the strongest players on Gabon and maybe one of the strongest during the golden age of Survivor. He was tiny, right, in stature, but he had great relationships. He had this great duo with Crystal, and he managed to outwit a lot of the big players in the game, like convincing a sugar to vote out her ally ace uh using a lie to say that ace was trying to get at sugar's hidden immunity idol um and then that's sort of like panning out to the point that sugar believed it and then after the merge managing to lead the charge against charlie and the onion alliance that sort of like fell one after another after that um and i feel like he kind of got further than anyone would have expected. He 
did okay in the challenges, not great, but Crystal was really bad in the challenges. And as a duo, they managed to use strategy and relationships, even if they weren't the strongest relationships, to get them really far in the game to the point where I think a lot of people, when they talk about deserving, say that Kenny deserved to win Gabon overall as like the best strategic player if that's what we were going to judge things by. And I mean, you can debate that, but I think there is validity to the fact that Kenny really made, I would say, most of the big moves in Gabon. And he really sort of like screwed himself over by over, over showing his hand or whatever over what's that <laughs> phrase. Um, he sort of like showed his hand when he split the vote between Corinne and Maddie because he was afraid Corinne had a hidden immunity idol. She did not. And so he and Crystal put votes on Maddie, I think. And then Maddie, of course, didn't go home because Corinne did. But because of this split, Maddie was basically like, what the hell are you doing voting for me? And so it just sort of like exposed their game. that They were ready to cut Maddie when up until that point, Maddie was like virtually untouchable. He was like the, the god, right? Like you couldn't touch Maddie. And so, of course, then Crystal and Kenny get voted out of the game. But up until that point, they played like a kind of flawless game. I would be curious to see him come back deploying a similar strategy that Ben used for Winners at War and kind of being like recognizing that his first time out, he was very strategy oriented and not social game oriented. And I would be curious for Kenny to come back and kind of try and play a little less um, alpha and sort of, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, make some social relationships and see if that can sort of uh, reap different results because for him to come back and play the same game feels like the same thing would happen at the, you know, the inevitability of people not really connecting with him as a player. I'm with you though. He is an important player on the show. Um, and also a great example of like, he's not an archetype on the show. Like there's not mm-hmm. like, you know, if you don't get people coming on saying they want to play like Kenny and yet there's mm-hmm. a lot of reasons why one should want to play like Kenny. He did a mm-hmm. lot of things right. So uh, that is a great pick. Okay, I am going to give us number 10, because that's number nine you just gave us. Let's say the number before, Mm -hmm. so we just keep ourselves on track. So with number 10, my fifth pick, I'm going to go with Sean's biggest, I believe, survivor crush. And this is going to be season seven, Samoa, Brett Klauser. Season 19. What did I say? Seven. (laughs) Wait, no, I did it. Did I actually? You said season season seven. Samoa. Okay, sorry. I don't know. Maybe I've, I don't know why. Okay. Anyway. I thought you were going to say Burton when you said season seven. Well, no, no. Wait, maybe I read the wrong part of my thing. Okay, season nineteen, Brett, who you and I both adore. I think one. First of all, I think Brett's an icon. Uh, in the last third of the season in being yeah. uh, someone that you can really root for. He does get that mm-hmm. purple Kelly edit for m- over half of the season, but I think well, he's with- got that purple shirt too. He's got that purple shirt. I wish it was off. Um, <laughs> Brett is, uh, has made clear to us that he does not want to come on drop your buffs because he does not want to be a part of the survivor universe anymore. So I think he would be a difficult get, but Brett is now an Mm -hmm. artist and the best way to get exposure on your art is to go on national television and remind people of who you are. Um, Also, Brett does not post 
photos of himself on Instagram. He does not lean into any kind of thirst trappery. Yeah. Um, But yes, I think Brett would just be hugely important to bring back in that he had such a giant moment at the end of the season. Um, He famously was lost out at that final immunity challenge. I believe his tower fell over. And I think in terms of epic buildups of the show, because basically for those that don't remember, Brett was the last remaining member of his tribe. Russell's alliance was really closing in on the win. And so as a viewer, you start to like root for Brett, not only because he's likable, but because he's facing off against this group of awful human beings, sans Natalie, who Natalie, I wish you mention Natalie, like Helen is an example of a woman who kind of had her reputation, I think, uh, mm-hmm. brought down by being a part of a group of awful men, a theme on this show. Um, but so as a result, you kind of find yourself really rooting for Brett and just those final couple challenges, he kind of just keeps getting immunity and it's so validating. I think for anyone that's kind of like, wants to know the way that this show can kind of like find its way into your psyche, that is a great example of like, I remember watching Samoa and just being like, it's not even like you're rooting so much for Brett. I mean, you are, but it's also just really validating to see him keep putting this group in a position which they, they're backed against a corner time and time again. And unfortunately, he's not able to, because he definitely would have won the season um, had he secured that final immunity. Because in addition to being well-liked, he had a jury that was stacked with his former tribe mates. Mm-hmm. But I also just think Brett would be great hot representation to bring on the show, which I do think is important on a show like this. I think it's nice to have hot people to look at. Um, And so I just would love to see Brett back on my screen. Yeah, I totally agree. And thank you for including him because I didn't. Wow, I'm surprised you didn't. I actually... I know. I'm gonna... do. Wait, so hold on. Do you have Burton on your list? No. Okay, I had him on. I'm taking him off right now because during this conversation, I thought of somebody else to sub in. Anyway. Okay. So my season seven mention, my slip up, no longer matters because there will be no season seven representation for my list. Okay, I am going to go to number 11 on our casting list here. And it's a woman. It's Sydney Gillen from Co-Wrong. I think there's been a lot of talk about Sydney and justice for Sydney and yes. please return, bring Sydney back in the past couple of years. Uh, I think she's so strong. And if you don't remember, she almost won that whole damn season. Yep. Uh, she, like, I think she played as strategic a game as Aubrey. I mean, she was in there making moves just as much as Aubrey. And Aubrey gets so much credit from that season and, like, maybe too much credit for that season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like early on, she led the women in voting out Nick, which created this new majority with Aubrey and Ty, which, of course, she would like kind of ride all the way to the end. Um, she was right there with both of them doing just as much for their alliance as they were. She was eliminated in a fire making challenge and had like this great, impactful exit. There's just she has all the elements of like a great interesting emotional strategic everything a well-rounded character for the show and it's been very very surprising that she doesn't come back because like i say if if she had managed to make it to the final tribal council which she was so close to i really think she'd have a shot at winning 
I mean, it, it would be a little dicey, but I think she would have a shot at winning. She could have beat Michelle, or if Michelle's not there, she could have done it, and she could have been on Winners at War. I think, I mean, she would have been on Winners at War, I think, if she wins that season. So it would just be great to see her have another chance. If memory serves correctly, she is not afforded even a question at the reunion. I don't believe she speaks once during the reunion, which just goes to show you sort of the framework that like so much of the, the greatness of her as a player, the show itself was not interested in lifting her up in any kind Mm -hmm. of way. You know, no kind of, you know, even what you're saying just now, the coulda, woulda, shoulda of it all, like her, the had, you know, had she not lost that immunity, the show was not interested in in having that conversation uh, whatsoever. Yeah. Great typically pick. they love doing that. If this person's in the final, then put your hands up, which I yes. hate. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, great pick. Uh, I'm going to go with, I think, what would be one of the most obvious picks, and that is going to be from... Season 18, not season seven, Tokachines. I'm going to go with Taj Johnson George. Mm. Um, There's not too much to say about it because it's such an obvious pick. I think that it's crazy that Taj was not brought back on the one hand and not so crazy at all when you realize that Taj does not want to come back. I think it's quite clear from watching the original season and from subsequent interviews that she's done that she did not fully know what she was getting herself into being on the show. I think that, especially back in those early days, if you were not a fan of the show, you might not realize the reality of the reality show, right? You might be thinking more of the show aspect of that, that those two words. And I think having to live out there in, in toka jeans and, and I think it just was not something she was expecting on top of, I'm not sure how clear she was on like the depth of strategizing that went into the show. And yet I found her to be highly adaptable. She was a great game player. And so to go back to something we were talking about earlier with the sort of examples of Helen and Natalie aligning themselves with bad men, she's in almost the opposite position in that she aligned herself with two really well-liked men. And again, I think there's patriarchy rooted in this conversation, but her legacy is sort of forgotten because when people think about those finalists, they go to Steven and JT uh, as mm-hmm. sort of like the memory of uh, big players on Tokachines, if not talking about like Tyson and Coach, which I think are the other players that get talked about on that season. And she, as a result, is kind of erased from the legacy of that season when they are very much a trio. Like, they are three. They are threesome, thick as thieves. And I think for whatever reason, and there might be an element of racism involved here too, but, like, she is not really regarded uh, with the same level of strategic acumen as those other two when so so much of their strategizing could not have happened without her vote. And also, it's not even their strategizing. It's the collective strategizing that the three of them had. So I just... Just in addition to wanting to see her play again, I think there's some necessary justice to be put on her name that a returning player season could allow for. And I also am of the mindset, I know she says she doesn't want to play again. I think she could be convinced. Yeah. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, she's a great pick. She's like the clearest second chance pick that I could even come up with. Um, I think she's so great. And she's, she had so many great moments in that season. And I just think even like the exile alliance that she created with brendan right at the beginning where 
you know, one member from each tribe was going to exile together and she and Brendan went and they went like, let's have this secret alliance. You pull in people from your tribe. I'll pull in people from my tribe. Of course, it did not pan out, but I just thought it was a great idea and that she was there like making that move I thought was very, very smart. So uh, she was a great game player and just excellent narrator, like unparalleled narrator. She also was like the the voice of reason with, I mean, one of the voices of reason when it came to coach's nonsense i mean like so many shots went to taj's face taj's confessionals and it brought a lot of levity to what otherwise was a kind of a bizarre situation okay cast member number 13 uh we have a lot of gay cast members and i still have two left to offer uh this one i'm going with uh my friend ricard foyer uh, I wanted to pull from uh, the most recent season. And I think there's a lot of people who could deserve a second chance from the most recent season. Do I want to see all of them back? Not necessarily. Uh, but I am going with Ricard because I think what Kenny and Crystal were to Gabon, you could easily say that Ricard and Shan were to season 41. It was so fun to watch them navigate a total tribal decimation and do it while scheming and blindsiding the whole way, but also having this weird interpersonal drama that was kind of like tumultuous. Uh, and, and, you know, like, I, I think I've said this with almost everybody that I've had is like, what I what I really love about the show, what draws me to this show is interpersonal drama. It's the relationships that are strained under unique circumstances that you'd never come across in the real world. And so you sort of see things come out that you can recognize in yourself from the real world, but it's like about this stupid thing. Like for example, an extra vote, like yep. that's not a real world situation, but you see a bit of humanity come out in those moments. So I think that he brought a lot of that. I also think like in terms of like, we talked about Rafe, uh, Ricard is of course tied with Rafe as gay challenge beast in terms of individual challenges one um, they are tied for the record uh, in that regard and i think sort of like in the tradition of rafe and john carroll uh, i think ricard fits into that with the sort of like gay strategic mastermind uh, uh, archetype that I love so much and we only get every so often and of course I think is like best exemplified by uh, Todd and perhaps Richard Hatch uh, although that's I think a little bit of a more unique situation being season one Um, but I especially think of Todd and I think all of these guys would love to be Todd and we can't all be Todd not everybody can have that but um, uh, I appreciate anybody who tries. So my pick is Ricard. Love. I am going to go uh, with a similarly new school player for my pick. I'm going to go with Jamal Shipman um, from season 39, the erased season from memory by many that I actually think is a fantastic season of television. Um, Two picks from season 39. Yeah. And there could be, I could do more. I really could do more. I think there's a lot. This is my, not to do a whole thing on season 39, but because of the incident that takes place in season 39, so much else about the season gets forgotten. And there are some really great players and great moments throughout the season. Anyway, that aside, I think Jamal has everything you want in a survivor player. I just think he is, he's incredible. I think he is so intelligent, both within the game, and then I also enjoy listening to him on Rob Has a Podcast talking about the game. I think it's a balance that not everyone can achieve, which is sometimes you have these people 
who I'll listen to when Rob has a podcast, and I'll be like, wow, you're, su- you're such a great analyzer of the show, but that analysis is not necessarily, does not necessarily make you a good game player. And I actually found mm. Jamal to possess both skill sets. I'd love to see him back. I feel like the so many of the season 39 cast were not given a fair shake and will not be given a fair shake as a result of the incident that took place. And I just think that mm-hmm. Jamal has a lot to offer and I want to see more of him on my screen. Yeah, I love that pick. I think that there's quite a few from season 39. And uh, I have to say, like, spoiler alert, I didn't choose any, but I could have. And I could. Part of the second chance thing is like, I, I, we have all these backups, right? Like, because we didn't know who was going to be picking who. So we all, we both overpicked uh, just in case. But the, the really fun thing about the original second chance was that fan vote where they allow, they overpicked too and let the fans decide. So uh, I think like you could make an argument for a lot of different people here. And oh, absolutely. It almost would have been fun to run a poll. Mm. <laughs> okay. Let's maybe go. we should. It's a, I mean, we'll talk about this off pop, but like yeah. maybe we'll do something with this. And because because what I was going to say is we'll come away with this with forty contestants, so we need to knock half the cast out. So could be worth sort of like putting all forty of them up and seeing how we get down to Sorry, twenty. What? So I have twenty picks and you have twenty p- picks. I have ten picks. <laughs> it was twenty total, ten each. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Wait. Okay. <laughs> Oh no! Now what? <laughs> okay, got it. I'm gonna all. I have some people that are not making the list that was planned to make the list, but we'll do we'll do second chances three at some point. So wait, how many more? So wait, what are we on right now? Uh, I'm about to do seventeen, sixteen. Oh no, wow. I'm about to do fifteen. I'm about to do. 15. Okay, I'm gonna edit in real time. My bad. Oh my god. <laughs> Is this why I was kind of surprised by your picks? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think I still have some surprising ones left. Wow, I can't believe you picked 20. I want to know who they are. <laughs> okay, my next choice, I am going with Gabby Pascusi from David versus Goliath. Unsnapping. Gabby comes as part of another iconic duo. We're seeing like a trend in my picks with regards to that alongside her ally, Christian Hubicki, of course, uh, you know, they have that, she has that famous quote early in the season. Do you want to play with me? And he says in the sand and she says, no, in the game, uh, Gabby brought, I think a lot of heart and soul to David versus Goliath that I think makes it such a great season. There was, a. There was something about David Briscoe's Goliath that despite being a su- ultra modern season with a lot of unnecessary advantages and uh, twists really had a quality that was old school about it. And I think that a lot of that had to do with Gabby sort of like having to struggle with the morality and personal relationships and breaking those relationships and her insecurities. And although, yes, she was crying a lot it was very genuine and heartfelt and i just think like brought a certain human quality to the game that we don't often see anymore in modern survivor and she was just so endearing but also she was ultra strategic and she managed to like navigate the tribe swap form a relationship with allison that she was able to like really milk throughout the merge the post-merge situation and she never really sat back and let things happen. She was a big, uh, she was a big part of taking out the Godfather Carl, who was an original ally of hers uh, in that iconic vote. And her 
powers just grew and grew every week until she finally took target, took aim at uh, her ally, Christian, and took the shot and unfortunately got idled out as a result of it uh, because Christian had a hidden immunity item, played it, and the vote was split on Gabby. So she kind of like went out with a bang. She girl bossed a little too close to the sun. And I would love to see her come back a little older, a little wiser, uh, and play this game again. Major, major, major cosign. Uh, I'd love to also see her on Drop Your Buffs, um, or hear Mm -hmm. her rather. Uh, But yeah, I mean, without a doubt, without a doubt. Also, similar to Kenny, as you're saying that, I was thinking what's great about her too is she's not an archetype. Like, she just doesn't fit into any box of like other players that, and there's nothing wrong with fitting into an archetype on the show, but just, you know, we get, you know, like for instance, we get a lot of people coming on that are are, like the Aussie type, for instance. And it's like, I just don't think you get, there's not a Gabby type, but I think that's a wonderful thing. Totally. Okay. I'm doing number 17, 16. 16. My pick would be the fabulous Nayanka Mixon from season Mm. 21 Nicaragua. Um, I think that it's going to be a surprising choice for some in that I actually, my my friend Fallon has recently rewatched the season. And so or watch, she was watching it for the first time. I rewatched some of it with her. And you do get those Nayanka moments quite a few times that are um, cringe, to say the least. Nayanka is incredibly abrasive, um, is not interested in making friends with people, and is often not interested in playing the game in a way that makes sense. And yet, what's fascinating about Nayanka is like she is not, I mean... I don't, I was gonna say she's not a villain. She's kind of a villain, but, and yet like she makes it through. I think one of Nayanka's great sort of powers in the game is that sort of what you see is what you get quality, which I actually think made her for many of her, uh, many of her other people on her season see her more as the devil you know. And I think in Survivor, the devil you don't know is always the bigger risk. And so I think that Nayanka at at the end of the day played a pretty strong game. And I have reason to believe from listening to post-show interviews that there's a way that Nayanka would like to make amends for some of the way she spoke about her other contestants on the show. So I would be very keen for someone like Nayanka to come on and sort of see their personal growth. Uh, And I just, there's a long form interview she did on Talking with T-Bird. I found her incredibly endearing. I loved learning more about her story. I just think there's a lot more to Nayanka that we weren't given on the show. And I think that it'll be hard to get her back because she is considered a quit and Jeff has his feelings about quitters but I think that uh, Nayanka deserves a second chance at this game and I think she'd be great television and as she pointed out in that interview on Talking with T-Bird yeah Jeff says that he doesn't invite quitters back but he invited Colton back and, and look what that got us. of course, Colton was left under the guise of a medical evacuation in one world. And then when he also quit in Blood versus Water, Jeff exposed that he quit in one world because he didn't actually have a medical issue. So it was like, okay, Jeff, what? Yeah, what, what else are, are you keeping here? from us, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would love to see Nayanka back. I think that is a case where I would fully welcome a quitter back to the game she also has like a a very interesting story around the quit and that uh she wasn't actually going to quit and sort of like felt pressured by uh, about her decision and uh, yeah i think she's just fascinating and she was set up like you say a devil you know situation she was set up quite 
well to go far into the game. And it could have been a situation of like take Naoka to the end because she's rubbed so many people the wrong way that right. she'll never win, but maybe she ends up getting some votes. So it's a very interesting what if scenario. And I would love to see her come back and play again. Okay. I've got another K for us. <laughs> I've got Donathan Hurley from Ghost Island. Mm. And this is one I kind of feel passionate about because I don't love Ghost Island. It's in that stretch that I wasn't even watching as it aired in real time. I watched it years later. But I think Donathan brought something to that season that uh, in a similar way to Gabby was like very human, very real, and the kind of person I just don't often see on TV in terms of like, okay, like I've always said this, and I don't know that anybody would ever agree with me, but there's something about Donathan that's so charismatic and endearing. He reminds me of, and please stay with me for this. He reminds me of Alyssa Edwards in a way, except not funny. Minus the comedy, he reminds me of Alyssa Edwards in this like Southern gay, doesn't really fit into any kind of like gay stereotype or like gay archetype that we would ever see on TV normally or ever celebrate on TV normally or in media. You just don't see it. And there's something that's like, there's just a, a quality about the way that they talk and the way that they tell stories that I think is just like gripping. And I'm fascinated by Donathan. I think he played like an okay game. I mean, he got himself into like a final four alliance uh, with the final three. So that's impressive. Although he did get cut after I think he was targeting uh, Wendell Um, and his, he he got a little paranoid and that was his ultimate uh, downfall, but he did go very far. I mean, he was out at final five, so he just missed out on final four. Um, And, uh, and the whole time he was allied with uh, the people who would go to final three. So, I think people I think people overlook him. He's also the uh only person to win the Sia money twice because uh Sia gave him the money in the Ghost Island season uh and then Sia uh famously does not give money on returning players seasons. And so I believe the story is that for winners at war the last time Sia ever gave money cuz now she has disappeared from the survivor community. She's busy with other things. <laughs> Um, (laughs) uh, during winners at war she said like i'm not giving these millionaires money i am going to give the money to donathan again okay which really surprises me but i guess she really liked donathan and it stuck in her mind so she was like i've got the money to give and i'm giving it to donathan i'd also like Uh, to make clear that like (laughs) <laughs> this is neither here nor there but like these are not millionaires uh they're people that at one time uh, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> won a million dollars on television um okay love okay so i have one more man one more woman yeah okay i'm gonna go a little unexpected <laughs> and i'm going to be going with bill posley um from survivor one world you're looking a little i don't know who this is too surprised <laughs> Um, he famously feuded with Colton. Um, Colton really had it out for him. The reason I'm keen to b- bring Bill back is because Bill uh, was not out during his initial run on oh. the show. Mm. Um, 
And he has a great relationship with CBS. He's currently a writer on their show, The Neighborhood. So he obviously still has ties to to the show, to the network. Uh, I also feel like when it comes to One World, we, well, A, we don't give enough respect to One World, period. But also when we do talk about One World, we tend to think of the women from One World as we should. But I think Bill is one of the players that I would have loved to see more of. I think that Bill just deserves some more time on our screens. And, uh... Bring back Bill. Wow. Interesting choice. So it's interesting yeah, choice. I have now, to say a looking lot of at my... his picture, of course I know who he is, but yeah. it was the name was not ringing about. I have to say though, it's like, so some of my other picks, for instance, so Ken was one of my picks, but he's from Millennials versus Gen X, which we already have Figgy. I have Marty on here, but I just brought in Nayanka to the conversation. I have Davey, uh-huh. but we just brought in um Gabby, Gabby, so again, and then I had Jason, but then that's, so I just, I'm trying to diversify within a diverse field already, so. It's that like, was your last man? That's my last man. Wow. I really, so, and I'm done men too, right? Yeah. So I think we've had an oversight here because uh, I think that Clarence Black should have been on this list. Who, who are we taking off? Well, why don't we do that when we've got the whole cast? Okay. I think we can reevaluate and maybe sub somebody out or in. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I have one player left to give you, and that player is an all-time favorite of mine, and it is Katie Gallagher I from it. Survivor Palau. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> because besides Stephanie, Katie is the clear star of Palau for me. I mean, maybe Karen who's a very good actress, very good actress. Uh, I think that Katie is truly uh, a, a star and the narrator of the show. She, of course, like made an alliance with Tom, Ian, and Stephanie on the very first night before they were even divided into tribes. If you remember, they were uh, sent out as one group, one world, you could say. Uh, and that panned out to be an endgame deal for three of the four of them. Of course, it didn't work out for Stephanie. Um, and... I just think that Katie was like, although maybe not the best player, she was the narrator of the Karor tribe and her rocky relationship with Karen led to some truly iconic confessionals, including that famous quote, we can't get a women's alliance together because Karen sucks. Um, She brought a great mix of strategy, uh, but also with old school interpersonal conflict, which of course like is a through line through all of my picks is that, kind of like interpersonal drama that people bring and the way that they sort of like deal with it or express it. Uh, it just makes or breaks a character for me. And then of course, in the end game, we get like, I think, I think the story of Palau besides the decimation of the Stephanie and Bobby John tribe is this like perceived betrayal from Ian towards katie because uh uh, much like sort of like the situation in fiji with yao man and and dreams in the car it's like ian promised katie to that he would bring her on the car reward he goes back on that promise and it's partially because katie was acting like an immature brat in uh, one of the previous challenges and Katie is like so hurt by this and they're both like so young and they're with Tom who's like this father figure. So the whole dynamic is really interesting. They're like brother, sister, and dad. And uh, Katie's like so hurt by this that, that you see it really damages a relationship that although it was formed in the game, 
clearly went beyond the game to the point where Ian, Ian basically torpedoes his own game in that final immunity challenge, stepping out of it. And they don't even go to tribal. He's like, can you just agree to send me home? Because Katie, I want to make this right. Tom, I want to make this right. I want to do right by my friendship to you. And I just want you two to go to the final two. And like, I just think that that's virtually unprecedented in Survivor and made for such a fascinating story of human drama. And then, of course, Katie like goes to the final two and gets absolutely decimated by the jury, despite the fact that I think she like kind of held her own at that tribal council. It's just like she, because of her sort of like immaturity and her quippiness, uh, it didn't necessarily rub the jury the right way while they were living with her on the tribe. And so they just never really gave her the chance, which is part of the game. And I appreciate that. But like, I think that it would be really interesting to see an older, wiser Katie Gallagher come back to the game and play a little bit smarter because I think she could probably re repeat her success in some way. Also, she's a producer on reality TV now. So I think she kind of gets it. Uh, it would be very interesting to see her back. Yeah. I also, you know, even even thinking about Palau right now, it's like Palau is such an interesting, you get kind of two seasons within Palau. You get like the Stephanie arc, and then you get sort of the back half with the Katie, Ian, and Tom. Had I had my full 20-person uh, tw cast, Katie would have been competing <laughs> once again with Ian. Um, but unfortunately, it cannot be. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so my last pick is going to be obvious in the same way that your Katie pick is obvious for me. I'm going with T-Bird. I think that there is mm. no more important early character on the show who is overlooked by the show itself than T-Bird. I think it is crazy that T-Bird was not brought back for All-Stars. I think T-Bird is just one of a kind, a dynamo, beloved by the fandom and beloved by alumni within the show. And really didn't get the opportunity to play because the alliance that when they did the tribe swap and everything, the numbers just weren't in her favor. And even though her tribe mates, they liked her, they just had to vote somebody out and she was the last remaining person that was not a part of their original alliance. So T-Birds, it makes me think about um, Michelle on Survivor Fiji had a similar fate in mm. that it's like, you weren't really meant to go. It's just that there was nobody else to go without the majority alliance going. So they had to knock you out. So I just have always wanted to see T-Bird back. We know well and good that she is down for more. I If if not on this second chance this season we're dreaming up, then on a blood versus water with her kid, uh, with one of her kids. I mean, I just think T-Bird is the full package. And I think Survivor is a better show um, because T-Bird was on it. So... T-Bird. Yeah, totally agree. Love T-Bird. Okay, well, that's our cast then. Do you want to hear it? Yes, please. Let's see if, let's go through the cast and see if we've made any mistakes or glaring oversights. <laughs> because, hey, I really thought you were going to bring up Colleen Haskell. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was. <laughs> Elizabeth Hasselbeck. She's also on my list. Yeah, I feel like I, I think I fucked things up in, the, in our little experiment. So yes, I would like to get Colleen and Elizabeth in there. I'd be more keen for Colleen only because I think that Elizabeth would have, other people would have a hard time 
not seeing Elizabeth as like a celebrity. Yeah. And I think that would just yeah. be, she's transcended the level of fame that she has as such. That I think it would be hard to step into the game. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Okay. Well, we'll go through the cast and then we can talk about what, what we might change. So we have Sean Rector, Vince Mua, Helen Glover, Nadia Anderson, John Carroll, Rafe Judkins, Sharia Lloyd, Figgy, Kenny, Brett, Sydney, Taj, Ricard, Jamal, Gabby, Nayanka, Donathan, Bill Posley, Katie Gallagher, and T-Bird. Okay, someone that's missing from this list that I think is important to both of us um, would be Kelly Kim from 39. Yeah. I yeah. feel like we need to get Kelly. I think that Kelly Kim is the definition of second chance. She deserves a second chance. I think she has the right to a second chance. Yes. Yeah. But then who are we going to sub out? I'm kind of thinking I could lose Sharia from this list, but I could I hear you. I hear you. The obvious choice is to take out Figgy, but I kind of want to keep Figgy for the randomness. I hear you. I mean, look, that's what made Second Chance great. Like, I mean, like Kelly Wentworth came Exactly. Back so it's like that. And that's why I want to keep um, my other 39 pick, um, my Vince Mua, because it's like, I, I want my randos in there. I'll let you have Shreya. Look, I um, Thank you. I'm devastated to lose her, but let's put Kelly Kim in place of Shreya. Some other oversights, like here's, here's, I'll just name a few of the women that I'm a little surprised didn't make the cut, but it's tricky. It's, there's a lot of people here. Um, Tracy Hughes Wolf from Micronesia, who's like one of my favorite low key players, <laughs> was a, f- a fan in a season where the fans are completely overshadowed and she was an in- incredible player who just couldn't really get on the right side of the numbers, uh, but was so good and so iconic. Uh, She's literally what I think of when I think of like second chances, like it would be so nice to see her back and it's never going to happen. So there's one. Also, Christy Smith from the Amazon. I have her on my list. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Heidi. If I, so if you were to be like my number one returning player, like that I would want of all time, I probably, I, I'm, I mean, I hate to say number one. In my top five would be Heidi. Yeah. Without question. I had a hard time choosing between Heidi or Christy because I also would want to bring back uh, Dina from Amazon. Yes. Um, Yes. So, yeah. I mean, for my money, I would just replay Amazon in today with the same cast is my we're sort of where my thought process is but yes i agree heidi would be great um season 16 final four um what's her name iconic bisexual natalie bolton yeah i feel like that's a very obvious uh oversight Mm -hmm. from us um but i think that i think that it's not necessarily up to us to cast her on second chances too i think it's up to production to cast her on legends Okay, fair. The um, amount of traction they have gotten out of the clip of her getting Eric's immunity idol, she deserves residuals at this point. Mm. She's beyond, I think, second chance. Like when I think second chance, it's like it should be a little bit more random, like a little bit more of a random choice or a little bit of a like, you're not necessarily, you're not a guaranteed shoe in for an all star season. 
This is your opportunity to become an all-star. Do you know what I mean? Aligned. One other big oversight I feel is Sabrina Thompson from One World. I feel like Sabrina played a great game, made it really far, and it just honestly, when stacked up against someone like Kim, just did not stand a chance. But I just think Sabrina absolutely deserves another go. And I also think Sabrina was a great um, communicator in the game, like really forged strong bonds. And unfortunately, it was one of those seasons where there was sort of like this... Again, you had a, a big alliance that she really had a nice handle on throughout much of the game. Would love to see her back. And she was in the running for second chance and didn't make the fan vote. Very but that's why that. in retrospect now, and this is a conversation for another day to an extent, but it's like you can't do fan votes, right? Like that fan votes do not work because there are certain players who are not given enough respect within the fan base because of the edit or, you know, it's like, I just, I, I refute the idea of a fan vote because I think that it sort of perpetuates so many of the problems on a show like this. Really? Oh, I, I accept the fan vote. I just think you're going to have people that are out of mind, out of sight that deserve a second chance. Like someone like Helen, for instance, like your girl Helen's never coming back with a fan I vote. Know, and I so know, it's I not know. that I like completely void the fan vote, but it's like, you know, there's just the out of mind, out of sight aspect of it. I don't trust fans enough to be able to recognize the nuances of why certain people need a second go. Cause I think they're just going to dismiss people really quickly as far as being like, well, that's so random. And it's like, well, no, random's kind of the point. But anyway. Yeah, plus you get a lot of recency bias with a fan vote. That, I think that's the biggest yeah. issue. And I, I mean, we see yeah. that today. Um, one or two, a couple other, I mean, obviously Burton comes to mind uh, as being someone that I think people would really love to see back. Somebody that you said, you mentioned during our discussion, who I think is uh, a big fan favorite to come back all of a sudden, is Michelle Yee from Survivor Fiji. Queen. But I've... And you yeah. know I've always rung that bell. She was done wrong by oh, the I show. Know. It's one of those few instances. Michelle, yeah, I, re- I remember thinking like this is one of the only people to be on this program who truly embodies the spirit of Colleen Haskell. Yeah. Like I really felt like she was one of the only people to step into that archetype of like America's sweetheart in the same way as Colleen Haskell. She just really reminded me of her. Yes. And then also, I just would love to see Ramona Gray from season one come back. I feel like mm-hmm. we should always be pulling season one contestants back into the fold. I feel like it's a great way mm-hmm. for the show to recognize its own legacy. Ramona was a part of that roundtable I mentioned earlier that Rob Sestrino hosted with former black players of the show. So she, she is clearly still in the mix a little bit. And I just feel like l- kind of similarly to Kelly or Jervis, it's really fun to see these season one players pop up many, many years later. Uh, Greg is the other season one player mm-hmm. that I'm kind of like, what's Greg up to? I'd love to get a little bit of an update who was uh up for i think second chances one uh they had reached out to him and i think he was like ready to be in for the vote and then his work got in the way and he wasn't able to take the time to Mm. play survivor so that is a fascinating what if because he absolutely would have gotten on being a season one contestant and wow would i have loved to see greg play again i just want to see what he looks like yeah One other player I just want to mention real quick. This is the last one on my list that I really have. Outside of Ian, which I think is a whole longer conversation. But I would love to see Nora um, from Island of the Idols come back. I just, in general, I really am intrigued by 
Um, someone who's given a crazy person edit being given a second opportunity to either show us was the crazy person that was that the editors chose to depict who you are or was it manipulated and and either way what are you going to do with that intel now i feel like nora was really successful in playing that part again i don't know how how real true it is to who she is but i just think she was such a fun player so sort of like caustic and you just didn't really know what was going to happen next i feel like she's a fun player to get in the mix to sort of like stir things up yeah i think she is a crazy person if you visit her instagram profile great uh, you can visit her story highlights about vaccines and masks. Oh, okay. Uh, you know what? To look at. You know what? We're giving her the boot. She's getting the boot. <laughs> I take it back. Okay, then I'll sub her in for Janet. Oh, love. Love and that. And obvious. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, I have a couple I would like to mention. One that I really struggled with not including was Billy Garcia from Cook Island. Yeah, it makes and sense. And it's specifically because of our conversation with Ozzy, where he said that his biggest regret uh playing survivor was that he very early on in cook islands threw the challenge to eliminate billy for no good reason and he said that specifically the reason he regrets it is because billy was such a great guy and such a huge fan of the show and like had a lot of ideas and uh, that just made me really curious about billy who otherwise is sort of treated like a joke in the survivor community right. because of the i love you comment with uh candace and so i think that is a great example of somebody who maybe deserves a second chance as a super fan if he still is uh it would be really fun to give him a, another opportunity to play as long as he's still wearing the same shirt uh it, i would love to see it and i also thought that of course like let's see like of course davy should be on the list uh but again like to the second chance aspect of it i think davy's an all-star and i don't think that he needs second chance to return to the show if you know what i mean fair clarence black i think is the biggest uh oversight here and i almost would sub him in for somebody i could almost lose donathan for clarence hmm. i just think that the very early seasons are pretty underrepresented and I think it's important. You know who else I was thinking from early season that you and I both love is Kelly Goldsmith uh, from Africa. Yes. It's I someone that you and I too, yeah. have always sort of beat the drum for. Yeah. I The only trepidation I have with getting rid of Donathan is I, I like the queerness of our cast at present. Yeah. But I hear you. Yeah. And that's why also Ramona Gray getting Ramona in the mix is also good because it amps mm -hmm. up our queer factor. We'd love to hear, like, people should weigh in, tell us who we missed, who you feel really strongly about. Within our picks, are there people that you'd be really excited to see playing the game together? So, for instance, it's like, with our list, are you eager to see two players potentially align or go toe-to-toe? -to -toe? I would be curious to see, like, what would you want the tribal divisions to be amongst our cast yeah. of 20? Like, I would be really curious for that. Additionally, I think that we need to do a third chances. Yeah, I think there's a few themes that we could cast. Okay, here's our final list, because I did sub out Clarence for Donathan. Our final list is Sean Rector, Vince Mua, Helen Glover, Nadia Anderson, John Carroll, Rafe Judkins, Kelly Kim, Figgy, Kenny Huang, Brett Clausen, Sidney Gillen, Taj, Ricard, Jamal Shipman, Gabby Piscuzzi, Naonka Mixon, Clarence Black, Bill Postley, 
Katie Gallagher, and T-Bird, which honestly is a pretty iconic cast. Here for it. Colleen's not in it, but look, Colleen wouldn't do it. That's her mistake. (laughs) It would be iconic to see Colleen play again. Concur. It would be iconic to see Colleen. Yeah, I was going to say, just to see her in general, I feel like it's the right But like, yeah, playing Survivor, (laughs) bonus. Okay, wow, that was fun. What other deep dives do people want us to do? We're happy to like do some more fantasy casting. We're also happy to do some more character studies or uh, season-specific deep dives. Uh, We've got lots of thoughts of our own, but very curious what's on your minds. Please send us a voice memo about our lists, roasting our lists, uh, or uh, suggesting things for the future to talk about. So... Don't forget to subscribe. Of course, uh, Evan and I will be back with interviews, uh, recaps of season 42 and more deep dives. Also, if you are watching Australian Survivor, uh, you will have seen that Ricard and I are recapping uh, Australian Survivor on a weekly basis. Of course, there are three episodes a week, so uh, that's a lot. But it's been a very fun, and you can catch that on Wednesdays uh, throughout the season of Australian Survivor Blood vs. Water. And if you liked this, uh, rate and review it, and tell your friends about it. Uh, and we will be back soon with an interview with Survivor alumni and recaps of 42. Love that. Bye. Bye. Bye.